Today on Truths That Transform. We have disobeyed the Great Commission to share the gospel of Christ, which is the last thing that God told us and the first command he gave to his followers. There's a lot of confusion in the uh, church about open borders. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. I'm Rob Pacienza, Senior Pastor of Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church, founded by Dr. D. James Kennedy. In recent years, there has been a concerted push to open America's borders. And at first blush, that might seem like a compassionate thing to do, perhaps even a Christian thing to do. Indeed, far-left progressives have spent enormous sums of money infiltrating that message into the church. But why? Is it because the left cares about immigrants? As you will discover on today's program, their drive for open borders has far less to do with care for the oppressed people than it does with undermining American institutions. And you'll discover what has made America the place people flock to, even as the freedom and prosperity they're seeking here is being eroded by their supposed benefactors. We begin with a biblical look at the border issue. On January 20th, 2021, Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th president, swearing to uphold the U.S. Constitution. So help me God. The Constitution says it exists to, quote, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty, end quote. Do open borders for any nation help achieve such lofty goals? In his many attempts to undo one Trump policy after another, one of the first things the president did in office was to reverse Trump's border policies. The results have been predictable. We saw the numbers in, in 2021. You had over 2 million people who were apprehended by, by Customs and Border Protection. Over 2 million in one year, actually 11 months. Converse with the last year under President Trump, there were less than 600,000 people apprehended. And the over 2 million was those who were caught, not those who tried to gain entry. It's absurd. I, I have described this open borders approach and and I'm calling it open borders because you cannot accidentally stumble upon two million people in a year entering the country illegally. That is no accident. I believe it's intentional. When you know you have that happening and then you have the door being open to allow for enrollment in all kinds of welfare, social security, all of these things, knowing that the American taxpayer cannot sustain this long term, that's not accidental. I believe it's a tool that's being used to force the American people to embrace economic policies that the American people would not embrace willingly. There is a push right now by various progressives that are convinced that we want to bring in all sorts of people across the border. I live in the state of Texas and I can tell you we're seeing just an enormous number of individuals. 
probably two million people this last year crossing from Mexico into the United States. Now, they're not all Mexican. Matter of fact, a lot of them are OTM. That's other than Mexican from almost 100 countries around the world. But they're coming in here and then they're shipped out all over the country. What is the strategy and incentive for unleashing such a humanitarian crisis on our borders? And I think the hope is, is that these might be future Democratic voters. And so what we'll do is we'll just kind of incrementally allow non-citizens to vote. Fifteen municipalities across the country will allow non-citizens to vote in 2022. You have about 800,000 individuals in New York City can do that, but we've for many years allowed individuals to vote in the local elections in the San Francisco area as well. What is done in a very small, almost incremental way in San Francisco or in New York City could happen to the rest of the country, and that's why we need to pay attention. One man who so favors open borders is the radical billionaire George Soros. George Soros has said, I'm the conscience of the world. Uh, on other occasions, he said he feels like a god, small g, because he doesn't believe in God, he's an atheist. Uh, he said it several times that he likened himself to a god who could be astride the world, uh, making it in the way he wanted it to be. Almost never will you find a significant left-wing group that doesn't receive money from both the Ford Foundation and George Soros. In his 2006 book, The Age of Fallibility, Soros wrote, quote, the main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States, end quote. His open society ideology is exactly the same premise as all of these, these leftists, these progressives, in that it's anti-American. I mean, fundamentally, if you don't want borders, you can't believe in countries. What Soros wants to see happen is he wants to an open borders world where nationalism is compromised, where the prerogatives of nation states are compromised by transnational organizations which call the shots versus the nations themselves. Critics note that known terrorists are sneaking into the country. More than 40 people on the terrorist watch list slipped into the United States just last year alone. Also, human trafficking is taking place and drugs are pouring in in record numbers. In fact, Chinese-produced fentanyl and other drugs are being smuggled in through the southern border and the results are making headlines. Even the New York Times reported recently, drug overdoses now kill more than 100,000 Americans a year, more than vehicle crash and gun deaths combined. G.K. Chesterton talked about, you know, before you tear down a wall or before you tear down a fence, you might want to ask why it was put there in the first place. When you start saying, we don't need law enforcement, uh, we don't need NATO, after all, we don't need any of these, we don't even need a wall, we don't need borders, guess what? We found out, yes, we do need NATO because of Vladimir Putin. Yes, we do need a wall because not only are people coming here in this country for the best opportunities, there are individuals who are potential terrorists and drug cartels coming across the wall as well. But others ask, isn't it the Christian and compassionate thing to help all the refugees trying to get a better life? There's a lot of confusion in the uh, church about open borders. Some people have bought into the compassion argument that somehow Christianity or Christ 
requires that we open our borders. Just a little bit of discernment looking at that issue would show that that's a real fallacy. Does God love migrants and immigrants? Of course he does. He also loves taxpayers. He loves people that play by the rules and obey the law. So to, to, to suggest that because God loves all human beings, including migrants, that the United States must open its borders and allow literally millions of people to walk into the country would mean that God was endorsing the end of America as we know it. This country can't uh, support and pay for millions of millions of people coming into the country. There's a big focus today on borders and sovereign borders. Now, it's interesting because we see a lot of hypocritical views on this. Of course, the progressives and the progressive left would love to tell Bible-believing Christians of you know, the importance of Jesus' love and, and sort of find a way to try to manipulate that to justify open borders. Uh, we, saw, we saw candidates on the campaign trail for the 2020 election that were actually you know, uh, Democratic candidates that were justifying using Scripture that Jesus would in fact be for open borders. I, I believe that's something we've never seen before in U.S. history in that way. The invasion is underway as Russian forces... It's interesting here because this very same people who are uh, crying out about how Russia is violating the sovereign border of Ukraine, and I believe that they are, and I believe what they're doing is wrong, just to clarify that, are, are the same people that are ignoring what's happening at our southern border. One of the big mistakes that Christians sometimes make is that they want to apply the ethics of the church to the state. I heard a pastor say, and I'm sure that he was compassionate and meant well when he said, of course we should invite people into America and basically have open borders because after all, the gospel is for everyone. Yes, of course the gospel is for everyone, but that's not the role of the state. The role of the state is to keep order, to punish crime, and to keep its citizens safe. That's the role of the state. It is important that the church welcome everyone. That's the ministry of the church, but that is not the ministry of the state. We used to debate this when I was in the legislature in Texas, and people would say, oh, well, you know, if you're being a good Christian, you'll let anybody come into the country at any time. Two problems with that. Number one, when you look in the Bible, anytime it talks about treating the sojourner the same as you would the people in your community and your family, that sojourner is following the law, and they're coming into your um, house, if you will, and being a part of your customs and essentially becoming like a citizen. That's not what's happening with our border right now. They're not obeying the law, and they're coming in, and we don't even know who they are. 600,000 getaways in the last uh, in the last year. That means those are people we don't know who they are or where they went into our country. An interesting perspective on the borders crisis comes from a former refugee who fled communist Romania in the late 1980s, Virginia Perdon. I'm very grateful that President Ronald Reagan gave us uh, um, political refugee and, uh, and we became later citizens of uh, United States of America. I believe that America, as every country in this world, has a right to have laws that will establish who is coming in this country and what's the reason for. But what this administration is doing is trying to allow people that will they hope will vote for them to come to this country and it's illegal. 
it's very, very dangerous. It's dangerous even for them with the uh, human trafficking and everything, with uh, receiving maybe different kind of uh, uh, remuneration for people that will take advantage. We don't stand for that. We respect every human life, but we have we have laws in this country, and when you start to pick and choose what law you will, you will use, you are teaching and training uh, people not, with not good intention to pick and choose themselves what kind of laws they will respect. It's a disaster and needs to be needs to be stopped. And we have to stand up and say we want to protect America. We don't want America to be changed. We don't know if terrorists are coming. If people from different countries that have bad intention uh, are coming here. Our free booklet, Issues and Answers from God's Word, gives useful verses and biblical perspective on crucial matters. What does God have to say about money, schools, government, sexuality, borders, and the very nature of life itself? We'll send you this valuable resource at no cost or obligation to you. Just call or write asking for Issues and Answers from God's Word to help discern the truth about topics that affect you. As Christians, we are called to have compassion for the exiles. God told his people, love the sojourner, therefore for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. But that's not an instruction to nations to give up that which makes them nations, like borders. Indeed, America's confused messages and policies on immigration have led to a humanitarian crisis in Mexico at the southern border, bringing great harm to many already suffering people. There is much confusion on issues like this because there is a blindness in our land. How has it come about? And what can you do to dispel it? My pastor and mentor, Dr. D. James Kennedy, has the answer. Well, if we're going to reclaim America, how are we going to do it? Well, I think the scriptures are very explicit. I've said it before, I'll say it again, that there are two things that need to be done. Interestingly, they are the first and the last commandment that God gave us. The first one, called the cultural mandate in Genesis 1.28, says that we are to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and that we are to have dominion over all things. As the vicegerents of God, we are to bring his teaching to every sphere of society, not only the individual and the family, but the parents and the schools and the government and the arts and everything which God has something to say about, and this is my Father's world. I rejoice me in the thought. Well, we should be bringing His truth to bear on all of those spheres. If we don't, then they're going to do something else, and that something else is the problem that we're in today because we fail to fulfill that cultural mandate. We fail to be involved. One study showed that 50% of evangelical Christians weren't even registered to vote. I am optimistic and hopeful that that certainly is not the case today. In just a moment, I'll, I'll ask those that are, all those that are registered to stand up. 
<laughs> Some of you are feeling it getting a little warmer in here, aren't you? I won't do that. And I trust that very few of you would be left seated, red-faced, but certainly every Christian must do that. Register, become informed, vote. Jesus Christ tells us that we are to render unto Caesar the things as, that are Caesar's as well as unto God the things that are God's. For a secular American citizen to fail to register and vote is a failure to fulfill a patriotic civic duty. For a Christian American citizen to do so is not only to fail in that way, it is to sin against God. Did he say what I thought he said? Yes, I'll say it again. For you as a Christian American citizen to fail to register and vote is a sin against God. Now, how do I know that? Well, what is a sin? Well, most Americans don't even know that, so no wonder they don't know that's a sin. But a sin is any failure to do that which God has commanded us to do or any doing of those things which he has commanded us not to do. God has commanded us to render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, which at the very least in a democratic republic means that we exercise our franchise, we register and vote at the very lowest level. So, dear friend, I hope that you will, if not registered, you will, you know what you need to do? If you're not registered and you haven't been voting, you need to repent. That's what you need to do. And get yourself down and get registered, get informed, and vote. And I hope that you'll become active in our society. And not only voting, I hope that you'll become involved in our libraries and in our schools and our parental associations and in all phases of the culture in which you live. Otherwise, views that are antithetical to that which God has taught us in his word will prevail as they do prevail today, not only in education and in the media and in entertainment, but also in government as well. Some people like to hurl epithets at Christians who are getting involved, who have been sitting in the bleachers for decades and now they're getting involved and some people who have filled that vacuum, unbelievers who do not worship the true God and, and scorn his commandments and want to do their own humanistic godless thing, they're not happy with us and so they call it radical. Let me say that ultimately, all that we can do in our society is not going to change human hearts. It is going to remove the obstacles that the ungodly have brought in to oppose that changing of human hearts because that is exactly what Satan wants to do. He will fight in every way possible to impede the progress of the gospel of Christ. 
Human nature cannot be changed by legislation. It can only be changed by the spirit and gospel of Christ. We need to get government out of the way in order that the gospel may go forth unimpeded today. And that's the other rail of the church train. Not only the Great Commission, the cultural mandate rather, but also the Great Commission, which is to share the gospel, to preach the gospel to every creature. And that is your task as well as mine. We can cast the blame on the atheists and the agnostics and the ACLU and the NEA and pick whichever one of those you like and all sorts of other godless institutions, but the, a great share of the blame must be laid right at the door of the church and right in our laps because we have disobeyed the great commission to share the gospel of Christ, which is the last thing that God told us and the first command he gave to his followers. And therefore we have allowed these weeds to grow up in the midst of God's garden, of godless people ignorant of the gospel, ignorant of the Bible. The majority of young people in this country neither know where Jesus Christ was born nor where he died. A majority of them could not name half of the Ten Commandments. And we have allowed that to happen because we have not been witnessing. That's the reason for the problems of America. And that is the answer to the solution to those problems. To become involved in our culture and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. If Christians would do those two things, this nation and this world would be transformed almost overnight. It would be glorious. Will you do it? As you just heard from my father, Dr. D. James Kennedy, America is suffering because our people don't know the gospel or God's commands. And unfortunately, there are powerful people working overtime today to make sure those things are silenced. The far left in our country has aligned itself with a godless agenda that advocates socialism, celebrates immorality, and claims not to know the difference between a man and a woman. And they work to implement that agenda in laws, promote it in public schools, and silence disagreement on it in social media. Nobody has been more crucial to this agenda than the billionaire George Soros. Soros and his Open Society Foundations give away more than $1 billion annually on left-wing causes in the United States and some 120 other nations. And while you've probably heard his name, chances are you don't really know what he's actually up to. And that's why we want you to have the short book, George Soros Exposed, Spending Billions to Radically Transform America by our own John Amon. We'll send it to you as our thanks for your generous ministry gift to help us stand for truth and defend your freedom. 
In this book, you'll discover how Soros has funded far-left local prosecutors who harass conservatives while coddling rioters and criminals. He has worked to erode America's stature, once writing, the main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. And he funded vast efforts to defeat Donald Trump in the 2020 election. Find out who he is and what he's about in the book, George Soros Exposed. And if you're able to give a gift of $60 or more, we'll send you the book, plus a DVD of our award-winning documentary, Billionaire Radical, George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. This documentary features expert guests who have investigated Soros and have uncovered his dangerous agenda. Movie Guide called it an engrossing must-see documentary. We'll also include the one-of-a-kind Follow the Money chart, which traces George Soros' funding across a wide range of foundations and charities, some of which you will be shocked at. That's the short book, George Soros Exposed, as thanks for your generous donation. And the book, plus the DVD documentary, Billionaire Radical and the Follow the Money chart, available exclusively from this ministry, as thanks for your donation of $60 or more. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. If there's one lesson to be learned from world history, it's that turning away from God brings tragedy. While there have certainly been evil things done by misguided people in the name of God, none can hold a candle to the rivers of blood poured out by atheistic regimes in the 20th century alone, which killed more than 100 million people. As one of Dostoevsky's characters once said, without God, all things are permissible. We were created to live in fellowship with God under the Lordship of Christ. But as we reject him, we invite death into our lives for the death of purpose, the death of joy, the death of our spirits, and ultimately the death of our bodies. But when we receive Jesus Christ, he promises us everlasting life, as well as purpose and joy here and now. What about you? Have you discovered the futility of living under your own rules? Have you turned to Christ in faith for eternal life? If not, pray with me right now, sincerely, and receive him. Father, I have tried to be my own Lord, and I failed, wrecking everything. I know my own sin deserves only wrath and death. I now know that you truly are the way, the truth, and the life. I want to receive the free gift of salvation that you have offered me in your son, Jesus Christ, who died on my behalf for my sins, rose from the dead so that I too could have everlasting life. Now, Lord, I want to turn away from my sin, my self-rule, and instead live for you. Help me by your Holy Spirit to do just that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer for the first time, we have a vital resource that we would like to send you at no cost or obligation to you. It's beginning again. Dr. Kennedy's book for new believers to guide you in your relationship with Christ. Contact us to receive a copy today and may God richly bless you.
D. James Kennedy Ministries is standing for truth and defending your freedom. I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza. Thank you for being with us. And here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. We see George Soros funneling money into a lot of campaigns for smaller offices, not just presidential campaigns. And the question that is asked is why? Well, evidently he wants to influence the policies in America. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.